Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up, everyone? It's Dr. Will Cole, and welcome to The Art of Being Well. I am a leading functional medicine expert. I get to consult people around the world via webcam. I started one of the first functional medicine telehealth centers in the world over a decade ago, and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, which is my newest book, and The Inflammation Spectrum and Ketotarian. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth center, the books, and there's lots of free resources there for you as well, you can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. All right, my friends, you know what time of the month it is. (laughs) Every month we have a bonus episode and most of the months, it's been a full ask me anything. You all know at the end of every regular episode, I answer one of your health questions and ask me anything. So after the interview, I will answer a question. So every month for the past few months, we've been doing a whole episode dedicated to your really amazing health questions and a behind the scenes view of a functional medicine telehealth center. We took last month off and we had Stevie and Cezanne Hendricks on the podcast for the bonus episode. So other than last month, go the month prior and look for the Ask Me Anything episodes. Uh, If you want to hear more of this format of the pod, we're back. We are back with a full Ask Me Anything. And I'm not here alone. I'm here with the friends that you get to know and love, my functional medicine team here at the Functional Medicine Center. So we have Emily. Hello. Glad to be back. And Megan. Hey, everyone. Excited to chat today. And Holly. We're back. (laughs) I'll tell you what, like the people, these episodes are one of the top downloaded episodes of all time on The Art of Being Well. They love the guests, but they also really, really love us geeking out about all things health and wellness. So we're taking time in between consulting patients via webcam right now to do this podcast for y'all and answer your health questions. And also you're going to get a full case review of an actual patient where we're going to give you a functional medicine perspective and approach to their specific health problem. You're going to love this information as well. So just to give you a little bit of feedback, if you're new to this, these uh, episodes, Emily and Megan are on the patient team. So they're functional diagnostic nutrition practitioners. So they're working with patients with me uh, when we're consulting them online. And Holly is the chiefess. Is that even a word? (laughs) She's the warrior princess of the front of the telehealth clinic. (laughs) And uh, she handles all like directives to all of us. She's, she's, explain your job for us, Holly. Front office uh, professional. (laughs) No, really. I really direct all phone calls, emails, um, handle all scheduling. So really just touch base with everyone on our team and really the majority of people that are reaching out as well. 
So we get to talk to people around the world and yeah, we love what we get to do. So let's get right into the question. So I think Holly, you have the first question from people. I do. And maybe if you could explain, people submit their questions. They email you all the time specifically, and we add yeah. it to a Google Doc, uh, and we're going to go through their questions. Yeah, so we get quite a variety of questions. I mean, you you would be surprised at the questions that we're getting asked. So typically, we will just pull a few questions that we get asked frequently and then answer them for you guys. So this question, it's one that we do get asked pretty frequently, but I'm also asking it. I always pick the questions that I also want to know from my own life. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So this one is Dr. Cole. What would you, do you have any tips or recommendations for someone that has maybe fallen off the bandwagon with their health, whether that's because of holidays or vacation or birthday celebrations or whatever it may be? Do you have any suggestions um, for getting back on track? Because let's be real, we're not always only just drinking bone broth. We do have (laughs) um, a few days off. So I would be curious to hear what are your recommendations? for getting back on track. Are you asking for a friend or is this really? (laughs) So we do get this question, but considering, you know, we've had holidays recently for myself, I definitely fell off the bandwagon with some chocolate covered Oreos. So (laughs) gluten-free, of course, but I'm curious, what would you recommend? And Netflix binging. You're up too late at night listening to Netflix. Watching Netflix. Absolutely. I have to confess, I'm I'm not getting the required amount of sleep either. <laughs> we are going to just do an uh, expose of Holly's life right now. <laughs> uh, look, there's no judgment. I'm the same way. I'm watching TV too late at night sometimes myself. So that's my ethos when it comes to functional medicine and wellness anyways. This is no shame whatsoever. We want to make this a source of grace and lightness and, hey, look, what are things that serve you in the long run? And create this beautiful center that you live from and operate from, and then you can pivot from that center, uh, but know how to get back to that center. So great question. I know we get asked this a lot on social media too. It's how do you get back on track? First of all, get a little philosophical with you on this. I think that the whole concept of wagon, I fell off the wagon or, um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. I need to like get back. I I think that that lends itself to that whole sort of diet mentality, right? It's like, oh, I'm on or off my diet. I'm off. I fell off the wagon. I have to get back on. And it's like, oh, the square one sort of mentality. And I feel like instead of seeing it like that, have a paradigm shift to there's no wagon. Your life is the wagon. And it's like, is what you're doing working for you or is it not? Is it in alignment with your goals or is it not? So I would say, and I talk about this with patients a lot, and certainly I I mention it in the books as well, is use that food or a drink that wasn't working for you and use it as a meditation. So say, okay, was it worth it? Maybe it was worth it. Maybe it was the socialization with your friends and family. Maybe it was you just like the taste of something. Then use it as a mindfulness practice. Eat mindfully, eat intuitively and consciously. And then you'll say, oh, well, it's it's worth it. It was worth hanging out with my friends and I normally wouldn't have it, but I had it. And it's move on with your life. The shame is worse than, worse than the food. And you keep living in that stress, shame cycle. It's not worth it. Or you may eat mindfully and consciously and realize that that food wasn't worth it. That digestive symptom or that inflammation or that bloating wasn't worth it. Then you will grow in awareness around that food for next time. And you'll say, oh, I love feeling great more than I thought I missed that food or thought that I wanted that food. So it's not this punitive, restrictive, I can't have it. You can eat whatever you want, but you'll start making more conscious, mindful decisions towards foods. With that said, beyond like the philosophical side of things, I would say it's just a matter of not realizing you're at square one and realizing, okay, this is really about a lifestyle change, not a 21 day get 
healthy, quick sort of thing. We can use 30 day protocols or 21 day protocols, 60 day protocols. I talk about them in the book as timeframes to see measurable changes in your health. But as I mentioned in the books, and certainly as I mentioned to patients, it doesn't end with those 21 or 30 or 60 days. This is just a springboard for the rest of your life. So I would say it is just get back on what you know works for you. And if you don't know what works for you, Lean into the books that I've written because that's why I write them. It's for people to get really low cost accessible protocols that I've seen work in thousands of people's lives around the world. And there's lots of free resources at drwillcole.com as well. And you can obviously set up a consult uh, with us if you wanted a functional medicine perspective on these things. That's my perspective on this, but I know that functional medicine patient team will have some insight too. No, I thought everything you said is perfect and, and and really true. Something that we talk to our patients about a lot. And I think that one thing we always say too, is it's one meal at a time, right? This isn't an all or nothing journey. And, and Dr. Cole, you always say that this isn't a sprint. This is a marathon and marathons can have ups and downs and twists and turns, sometimes unexpected too. And I think the what you're talking about, Dr. Cole, of intentionally making those decisions and mindfully eating, that's really going to help you get back to, to what you're doing because you know, and when you're using the long-term um, healing tools and the staples, and those are a majority of, of what you're doing, it's easy to, to go back to what you know, because you know what is long-term, you know what's supposed to be staples. And again, this isn't all or nothing. Our society has really twisted the perspective of what it's like with dieting and fat diets and those different things that you either have to do it all or you shouldn't do anything, but that's not how healing works. You know, there isn't one meal that is going to ruin everything just as there isn't one meal that is going to fix everything. So I think that really just going back to what Dr. Cole said, going back to what you know works, going to the basics, the, those those lifelong staples of, of good healing foods is really, really helpful. And then when you do make those decisions, they are intentional. And you say, I know that I want to do this. This is something I'm intentionally choosing to do. And that's okay. Yeah. I think that's a great point. Megan? Uh, yeah. I mean, Holly and I talk about this a lot after like a weekend, if we might've watched too much TV or, you know, had a couple gluten-free drinks, adult beverages. The big thing that I've learned that's helped me to get back on track, that's very specific and I think practical, identify your triggers. If you know you have a trigger, like seeing a certain friend that who maybe isn't, you know, the best influence or a stressful situation that you know is going to make you go into that binge and restriction cycle. Don't feel bad about cutting that trigger off. Identify the trigger first, whatever it is, if it's a person, a stressful situation, not getting enough sleep, and then figure out how to correct that situation so you're less likely to fall off the wagon and go through that cycle. That's great advice. Honestly, that's fantastic advice, everybody. So... Oh, I love the caveat that we have is like gluten-free cookies, gluten-free alcohol. <laughs> it's like, at least we have that redemption. Yes, let's make that clear. Was it gluten-free? I mean, we're not that crazy, guys. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we have some standards. You got through the hectic holiday season and made it through 2021, finally. You're probably burned out a little bit and feeling like you need a fresh start and to focus on yourself again. You may have let your self-care practices slide during the busy past few months. Taking care of your face and body is a great self-care practice and a worthy investment in you. Osea has been making products that are clean, vegan, and safe for your skin and the planet for over 25 years. When it comes to clean beauty, Osea is the pioneer. They have award-winning serums, moisturizers, and body treatments. Their body oil has been a celebrity favorite for years and is a personal favorite of mine and my patients. Our skin is our largest organ, and as a functional medicine practitioner, I know what we put on our skin really matters and you all will love the ingredients of these products and you will also love the smell. The scents are amazing. Their body oil is legendary and it's butter rich texture transformed dry winter skin, leaving it soft, smooth, and healthy looking. Start your year fresh with clean vegan skincare and body care 
from our friends at Osea. Get 10% off your entire first order with promo code Will Cole at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and orders over $50 get free shipping. Now is the time to make small changes that can have a big impact on your day-to-day. Head to oseamalibu.com, that's oseamalibu.com to find your new routine and use code WILLCOLE for that amazing deal. Something else that we've kind of have just been talking about in the clinic within our team is just this idea that, yes, we find ourselves maybe to be you know, within flu season or the weather's changing and and people do tend to be getting sick, but also really curious your thoughts just on the correlation of maybe during this time of the year, we are really indulging in foods and, and staying up late and finding ourselves being more overwhelmed or stressed, or like I said, just maybe not living in our most healthy ways do you find there to be any like real correlation with that, with this time of year as well, with getting sick and finding yourself to be under the weather? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's something that uh, I think we need to talk about here because we were at least at the time of recording this, we're in cold and flu season. And no matter what time of the year, we've been living in a pandemic. So I think looking at lifestyles implication to our health and wellness and what we can control because we can't control everything. So uh, cold and flu season, specifically the flu, we have to look at the variables. There are some studies that show that the flu virus does like cold and dry atmospheres and environments. So that could play a role in the colder months here in the Western hemisphere. Another thing to think about that contributes to more people getting sick or are under the weather during this time of cold and flu season is that they're inside more and they're not getting sunlight. Vitamin D is needed for the immune system. It's a master regulator of the immune system. So they're breathing recycled air. They're not getting sunlight. Most people are low, they're vitamin D deficient, which is a master contributor when you have vitamin D deficiency to getting run down with these different viruses and bacteria. And then on top of that, what's happening in the middle of the cold and flu season, it's holidays and people aren't eating as well. Typically they are staying up late at night. Like you mentioned, they're more stressed out. So that is a recipe for rundown, dysregulated immune system an unhealthy gut. That's not there to defend you in the way that it could be if you are dealing with stress appropriately and eating appropriately. And that's going back to my earlier thing is let's reclaim the holidays for what it should be meant towards or any time of the year, vacations or birthdays. Let's live in alignment with things that make us feel great, not sabotage us <laughs> in a in a really time that should be positive. It ends up being people, I, I was talking to somebody the other day, like they spent their entire holiday sick the entire time. They weren't even there to enjoy it, but they were stressed out and not eating as well and not getting enough sleep. So I think that paired with some of the other stuff I mentioned could definitely all be really what's going on when we're talking about quote unquote, the cold and flu season. So great question. All right, we can move on to the next one. I think, Megan, do you have the next question for us? So we had a great question. And I think that this kind of is is good to bounce off of what you were talking about, Holly. But uh, something that we get asked a lot, either, you know, whether it's during holiday gatherings or going on vacation with your family, or even we get asked by patients when they're maybe starting a journey with us or starting their care with us is that they would like your opinion on is um, how do you navigate when friends or family don't necessarily support or they just don't understand the health changes that you're making. And sometimes it can make it tough for conversation or tough. Sometimes it makes you not want to maybe go to the gathering or go on vacation with other people because they're not necessarily understanding and they don't understand why you can't have that one food or it's just one meal, you know, just have it. It's not going to do that much damage. And so what are some tips that you have in a situation like that? Well, I would say it depends on who the person is, right? If they're super close with you, then first of all, if they're my patient, typically 
they will have them come on a call with me. So I can, it's sometimes it's the messenger, not the message. It's like, I know this even with my kids. It's like, if I say something, it's it's one thing if dad says it, but if like their friend says the exact same thing or if another adult that they look up to says the same thing, it's like a completely different, they receive the message so much better. I think I find the same way with, with patients, in-laws or parents or spouses, partners, and even their kids is that when we say thing, an objective, more of an objective party says it, they'll receive it better. That's really probably not the question that someone's asking on social media because they're not a patient of ours. So I would say is this, is is consider who it is and how far you want to get down into the rabbit hole because you should only share what you're comfortable with sharing. And sometimes it's like their misunderstanding, like why are you committed to trying to convince someone that's committed to misunderstanding you. And I think that oftentimes they aren't really committed to misunderstanding you, even though it can seem like that, that, but so I would say to speak in love, not in a preaching way, uh, not in a, like a looking down and shaming them. I'm better than you are. Like I know more than you are. Cause that's going to be a turnoff for them too. What I would say is just live out your life. Do as if, like they should be inconsequential to what you do. So for example, I'm going out and eating in different places or I'm going on trips over the course of my life. I'm just thinking of past years uh, with people that aren't necessarily in alignment with everything that I'm doing. But honestly, I can't even tell you I'm not giving it much thought. Mm -hmm. I think we overvalue what other people's choices are. They can do whatever the heck they want. I'm doing what I'm doing. And oftentimes when you live like that, is like be your own light and be a light to them. And as far as like meaning living a positive, healthy life, that's you just want to feel good. And if they're your friend or family, hopefully they want you to feel good too. And they'd have to be pretty nefarious to be like against you wanting to feel better. They don't have to understand it all. But what I've found is I can't tell you how many people have told me my so-and-so, my friend, my family, my spouse, my kids didn't get it at first, but you planted a seed just through living your life positively that they would come around and say, whoa, like I'm ready to receive that message now. So that's kind of what I would say. Give less thought to it. Live your life. Do you. And the one caveat is partners. If you're cooking together, that's the one difference here. You're going to have to get them somewhat on board or you're going to have to cook two different meals. And that's honestly what we're there for, for patients. A lot of times is really empowering the entire family unit, whatever that looks like to be in alignment with health. Sometimes it's not ideal. And the person has to cook their own meal for a time because they don't get it. Um, and we were pragmatic in that sense. Like, let's make it the most sustainable and realistic for that individual situation. It just makes me think of a time I was out to eat a couple months ago with some friends. And of course, I was, you know, looking at the menu and asking questions just to make sure that the food that I was going to get was gluten-free. And my one friend kind of made a joke like, oh my gosh, I feel like the gluten-free diet is such a fad diet. And I was like, low-key kind of offended because I'm like, brother, I'm not eating gluten-free for fun. Like it's because it makes me sick. So I think just, you know, whenever you do have that response from, from friends or family, just helping them to see, like maybe they just don't understand or they don't have that impact from certain foods. So just trying to not be offended by their comments um, because some people might just not understand. Well, and I think too that we have to understand that our vision isn't somebody else's vision for our life. And they may not understand our vision because it isn't their vision, but it doesn't make our vision any less important or valuable. And oftentimes our healing really can plant seeds of, 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 oh, of change or, or wow, I see a, a difference in you, Emily or Holly. Uh, I really see how healthy you've been and how far you've come. Like, I want that too. And I think that that sometimes can speak a lot louder and that it isn't often going to necessarily come from you trying to explain, well, I go through this, this and this. And again, they may not understand that because they don't have that same experience, just like you were saying, Holly. And I think as they see us heal, 
that can really plant a seed of, oh, maybe I need to start thinking about my health and what that can look like and start their own journey. I agree completely. I mean, I was gluten-free for like a year and most of my friends made fun of me. And then about a year later, a few of my friends were having some health issues and began cutting things out. And now some, they are some of the most like gluten-free people that I know, (laughs) but I always laugh because they used to make fun of me for it. This episode is brought to you by the Gluten-Free Foundation. (laughs) (laughs) It's not. Health is way more than going gluten-free too, but I think it's a good proxy for we're being more conscious with our food choices. We're right. finding out what our body loves. Some people do fine with some gluten in their life. No shame on gluten. <laughs> but for <laughs> we the crowd shame here, if you're not gluten free. Yeah, the crowd here, we don't do so well on it. But yeah, Megan, what do you think? Just a little side thing. It reminded me. I don't know if I can say the show's name, but there was a show where an ep- it's a show that they make fun of everything and everything. It's an adult show. It's a cartoon. I'll say that much. But they're saying, oh, everything that's gluten free is bad. So they're throwing away all their food. And they're like, oh, the ice cream's gluten-free. Ice cream must be healthy. So we're not saying just because it's gluten-free, it's healthy. Right. Yeah. I just had to put that in. So is cocaine and crack. <laughs> not healthy. What? Wine is gluten-free too, right, Megan? <laughs> Dry yeah, gluten-free does not e- equal healthy. But I think it's a good conversation starter for many people that are sensitive yes. to gluten. I think it's like yeah. a gateway conversation for yeah. many people because many people do find that that grain protein, just like dairy for other people and nightshades for other people yeah. or sugar to, for other people can be a trigger for them. And for that's kind of, yeah. <laughs> you just happen to find four people that don't do well with yeah. gluten. And I think most importantly, just to kind of cap off that question is, again, just because someone doesn't understand why you're doing something does not mean it's not important and that you shouldn't do it. Sometimes people just won't fully understand because they don't experience it. And that's that's absolutely okay. Sometimes they don't necessarily need to understand it. Sometimes it's easier just to leave it like that. So I think that just know when you know your vision, when you know your why to what you're doing, that's, that's powerful and that's going to motivate you. And again, your actions really can plant seeds of change in other people. And, and again, that's still not necessarily your why, but it can absolutely show a little bit more. So great. Have you all heard of Drink Sound? I am in love with these products. They are unsweetened, organic, sparkling waters made with tea and botanicals. They are certified organic and completely unsweetened. So if you're trying to get off the sugar train that doesn't leave you feeling really good at all, brain fog, fatigue, hangry, insatiable cravings, well, here's your chance to get an amazing drink that doesn't have all the hidden sweeteners that are going to really mess up how you want to feel. They create flavors that are more fun and unique than traditional sparkling waters like blueberry with cinnamon and hibiscus tea and grapefruit with lavender and ginger tea. So it's this perfect combo of tea, sparkling water, and these amazing essences that taste so good. They are perfect throughout the day as there are both caffeine and caffeine-free options. So maybe some caffeine options during the day and the evening wind down with one of the caffeine-free options. They also come in BPA-free cans. A lot of sparkling waters use natural flavors, which you don't even know what the heck it is. Not with sound. These things taste amazing and you can really trust the ingredients. Just head on over to drinksound.com slash Dr. Will Cole and use code Will20 for 20% off your first order. Again, that's drinksound.com, D-R-I-N-K-S-O-U-N-D, drinksound.com slash Dr. Will Cole. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E, all one word. Drinksound.com slash Dr. Will Cole. Use code Will20. That's W-I-L-L-2-0 for 20% off your first order. So I don't feel like it is a conversation in the functional medicine clinic of Dr. Cole if we don't talk about poop. So poopcast. This is the poopcast. The gluten-free poopcast. Gluten-free and poop. So I just wanted to present a patient question we get a lot. When we're recommending labs, a big one we recommend is a GI map by Diagnostic Solutions. And the big question we get is, why do I have to poop in a box and how is it going to benefit my health and what are you going to learn from it? Mm -hmm. It looks like a fry dish, but you don't put French fries in this. (laughs) 
please it's, don't. Please don't. And don't wash it and reuse it. That's gross. <laughs> but I would say this is that there are many great microbiome stool tests out there. I mean, and I've used a number of them over the course of my career. And every year, every couple of years, this new technology, new uh, advancements in diagnostic uh science. So uh, this is always evolving. So I never want to hang my hat on one lab. Certainly we run many labs, but one common microbiome lab that we run is a stool test and it gives us a good landscape of someone's gastrointestinal health. So it gives us good bacteria, any bacterial overgrowth and the specific colony forming units of beneficial bacteria or any opportunistic, any gram negative bacteria that are higher in those lipopolysaccharides, the bacterial toxins that can really drive inflammation. They're basically biotoxins that when they increase intestinal permeability or, or leaky gut syndrome, they can cause a cascade of inflammation and are associated with a lot of different inflammatory and autoimmune issues of which, you know, our patients are really struggling with. And we look at, uh, fungal overgrowth as well, yeast and fungal overgrowth, different protozoan and other parasitic overgrowths. We can look at inflammation in the gut. We can look at digestion and absorption. We can look at intestinal permeability or leaky gut syndrome by measuring zonulin, which is the protein that, that governs gut lining permeability. Uh, so there, that's on the top of my head, all the biomarkers that we run. We're basically getting a good snapshot in that person's gut health, which n impacts not only digestive health, but inflammation health, brain health, hormonal health, and just general immune health and inflammation levels. So that's my thoughts. What, what are your thoughts? I mean, I agree. I really like all of the different labs we've utilized too. I really like the GI map that we've been utilizing lately just because it also helps to look at how much of an organism's DNA is in there. So we know that certain pathogens like parasites, H. pylori, various gut overgrowth can just fluctuate over time. So it's just nice to see the amount just because also for focusing on retesting. So I'm a numbers person when it comes to that. I like yeah, that. Absolutely. And I, I agree with you in the sense of comparing apples to apples. Whenever we retest, we can see these numbers quantifiably move over time. And we put it in context with the rest of the labs too. So we're looking at blood, we're looking at hormones, we're looking at other immunological labs via blood as well to put it in context to together. So we have multiple labs perspective from their vantage point, what's going on. It's not one lab that we're running for anybody. That's uh, a great point. All right. We can go to the next question. Yeah. We got uh, one final little fun question before we get into our case study today. So Dr. Cole, what was your favorite memory from the last year working within the clinic? Hmm. All right. Over the last year, my favorite memory, I've really so many, there have been a lot of amazing changes over the past year. Um, few that come to mind. Number one is we've really um, ramped up and perfected, optimized all the inner workings of our group class. Honestly, you know that for my entire career, we've done one-on-one -on -one concierge, private, like telehealth. We've consulted people via webcam. So it's just me and the patient via webcam or one of you talking to them via webcam. And that is how it's always been. But over the pandemic, really, we have really slowly been building and perfecting this group health model, which we, I talk to them weekly as a group and they have their private coach as well. So they still have one-on-one -on -one touch points. They have a private online community as well. And they have this amazing protocol that we built for them. So it enables us to reach more people. And it also enables us to make functional medicine more accessible and more affordable for people, which is a passion of ours. So we're still doing the one-on-one -on -one telehealth. We need to do that. And many cases require that. But we want to give people options and choices for their healthcare. So this is a way to make functional medicine more accessible and affordable. I'm really proud of what this community has built because it's not just amazing care, but something that we've never been able to do until now is create this positive community online. And that's something that I've always got asked over the years of consulting patients is, do you have any people like me that I can talk to? Like they're supported from us and they love us and we love them, but it's not the same as having somebody else that knows what they're going through on a real life. You're going through what I'm going through. You're not a doctor and provide that support and comfort and tips and tricks sharing and just 
healing, cathartic healing that happens when you have a community of like-minded people. So I am so excited about that. And also simultaneously, because we saw this beautiful community grow with the group class, we have a group module uh, option for people in concierge as well, the one-on-one people. So they still are full concierge, private, but weekly they meet with me as well. So for both models, we have this beautiful community and it came out of that group model and just seeing this come to fruition. So it would be that, that for the clinic and number two, the intuitive fasting coming out, my third book and it hitting the New York times list. It's always been a, like something that I, as a writer really have worked towards and being an outlier in, in our space, I like, we're not coming from a mainstream space, right? We're not coming from, and especially even where I'm from, like living in rural Pennsylvania, I'm not in New York or LA. And I think us achieving that as a team and working so hard as a team to get this message out there uh, was definitely a highlight over the past year. How about you guys? I think just seeing our team grow so much. I mean, for those of you who have been really following along for just the entirety of of your journey, Dr. Cole, we've been kind of a, a, a small clinic, small office, small team for quite some time. And over this past year, we've grown so much. I mean, we have um, the space that we've kind of taken over and have grown the clinic and our team within that. We have remote people who do so much work for us and have brought so much creativity to the team. And that has just been so much fun. We started doing kind of like these all team meetings just to get everybody on on the same page and to get to know one another. And that I think has been really just rewarding to see. Um, And that just means so many more people for Dr. Cole to try to scare. So (laughs) we we definitely love to play the scare game. The secret is out, guys. I am a practical joker. I don't know if you'd call me that maybe. Or like just, I I love, (laughs) I love getting, and everybody that's that's remote won't don't get my loving kindness of trying to scare you uh but i mean i have some good stories guys I have it's some good stories. it's a whole nother level i've worked in some super cool places but never one where your boss actually tries to scare you i mean i was reading on the couch on my lunch break we have a great office here very comfortable and i dr cole goes through such extent that he was actually crawling behind the couch <laughs> to jump out in me to make my day better and scare me and it worked he loves talking about poop so much. She tries to actually make you poop your pants. <laughs> we do have videos too. I feel like we definitely need to show y'all some of the videos. And Holly, it's not just me. Holly scared our USPS guy, our postal service guy. Shout out to Mike. Shout out to Mike. I did. We had a ginormous uh, pile of boxes and I waited for him and I got him good. <laughs> I think people have have messaged you and talked to you about how much fun it looks like we have all day at work, but we really do. We Mm -hmm. have so much fun. We laugh all day long and to see that our team is growing and and again, more people to laugh with, more people to have fun with. It's just, it's been really rewarding to see that. Yeah. My favorite memory personally, we have had a patient this year. I wish I could give her a shout out. She'll know though who I'm talking about, but she since becoming a patient has written us poems. And actually this year she made a rap for Dr. Cole. Did she send it via like a CD for us to listen to? We learned the rap with the lyrics. I mean, it was incredible. I want to just give a little bit of backstory before Holly goes into detail on this. This beautiful human being is in her 70s. Yeah. And she wrote me a rap that was heartfelt. And she wrote it in the middle of the night when she couldn't sleep one night. And it was amazing. It's so thoughtful and special. It was. We love her so much. And once again, I wish we could play that for you guys, but it was incredible. And we get sent artwork. I got, We got recently another patient's artwork about her health journey. We get so many cool things. So that's a great point, Holly, is we get sent really beautiful things from patients because they become very close to us. And we're, we're there with them in the dark, darkest part of their life oftentimes. So to be able to come through that and then get poems and raps and artwork and Keep sending because we're not as creative here. (laughs) At least I'm not. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, obviously we love being a telehealth clinic, but it's so cool when we get something tangible from our patients, like cards or the art or the rap or anything. It's so cool because it just, it really does make us feel that much more connected. Megan, is that, was that your favorite thing is really me scaring you? Oh yes, actually. (laughs) Yes. It always makes me laugh. Although I'm not a 
some people scare better than others. Like Holly, oh. when she gets scared is amazing. I'm more of like a cat. I'll just hit the ceiling real quick and I'm okay. That is true. That's the last memory in our old office. I decided to scare Emily. Emily is a beautiful mother to two kids, two beautiful kids. And uh, she was nine months pregnant. And I decided to run up from behind and scare her. Not my finest moment, but her water did not break. She had her baby much later. So it was okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, look, there's I love a good scare, but you're right. There's people out there and I'm not going to mention names in our clinic. They just, it's not even worth scaring them because they don't even freaking react. And it's like, I give up on you. You have a dead soul inside your, you just do not react at all. And I, I need, I get, I need some reaction in, in, in my life. Yeah. It's, that's what it's all about, but I've gotten you plenty of times too. So yeah, I am easy to scare. It's an equal opportunity because they have got me so much. Let's just, I, that's a good point to make. I get scared quite a bit. Don't you worry. I'm not picking on them. <laughs> the worst, I'm not going to lie, and this happens to me a lot, is I will decide to scare someone and wait for them to come out of the bathroom. But sometimes people are in the bathroom longer than you expect. And so I will be maybe standing in a closet or standing behind something. And I'm just like, okay, at this point, it's getting awkward. Like, I can't. <laughs> Oh boy. Day in the life. Day in the life. All right. Let's get to this case study. All right. Um, So Dr. Cole, we have a great case study today. She is in her late thirties, female. Um, A couple of things she came with us to, and then I'll let you talk about where it went from there. But um, the reactivated EBV, Epstein-Barr, we had, uh, she had POTS, inflammation, weight gain, fatigue. Honestly, when this person walked in, really awesome woman, she had some very, some things that looked a little bit more on the shallow surface, very simplistic things that I don't think she knew how much more we were going to discover. So Dr. Cole, do you want to get in more about what we discovered and how we discovered it? Absolutely. So as I mentioned, oftentimes on the podcast, most of our patients, if not all of them are extremely erudite. They are very well read when it comes to health and wellness. They've done all the things. They read all the books. They listen to all the podcasts. They're aficionados uh, when it comes to health and wellness and biohacking, et cetera. Most of them, if not all of them. And she was a good example of this. She was eating better than most people. She had done- Gluten-free. Yeah. She she was even gluten-free, guys. (laughs) To hit the utopia that is gluten-free living. (laughs) But she was still struggling despite gluten-free, despite all the things. And she, what we found amongst many other things, and what I really want to highlight in today's case study is sort of this epigenetic genetic collision or confluence, if you will, this perfect storm between genes and the environment around us. And we found quite a bit of things that were, at least on the genetic side, contributing to the sensitivities or the persistent reactivation of different symptoms. And we looked at different gene SNPs. SNPs stands for, is an acronym, SNP. It stands for single nucleotide polymorphism. You get a copy from your mom and a copy from your dad. I think we referenced it in past episodes as far as um, case studies go, because it's one component that we look at. It's one lab set of biomarkers that we're looking at, but we're looking at different methylation gene SNPs, which has to do with detoxification and regulation of inflammation and hormone health, brain health. We're looking at HLA gene variants. HLA stands for human leukocyte antigen. Basically, it's your body's, it's an immune gene that governs inflammation, regulation of inflammation, and specifically your immune system's recognition of self and not self, like it allows your body to not lose recognition of self, which just think about that for a moment on a mental, emotional level, but on a physical level, uh, losing recognition of self can, it's, it's the onset of autoimmunity. It's molecular mimicry. So people that have these HLA gene variants, a lot of our patients tend to have these, uh, and they're more prone to these inflammatory autoimmune spectrum things that I talk a lot about. So HLA gene variants are associated with many different autoimmune issues, chronic fatigue syndrome and mold toxicity and chronic Lyme disease as well is that their body's not able to handle that pathogen. So many people live in harmony with bacteria and viruses and different protozoans. That's how human beings have have lived for eons. The problem is when your immune system's living in disharmony with that pathogen and some people on a genetic level aren't as 
their body doesn't has a harder time with living in harmony, especially when there's a primary infection that's just too much. Mold toxins and Lyme bacteria are some examples of that is it triggers that genetic predisposition to be not being able to regulate inflammation and not being able to recognize the body for what it is anymore. And then the immune system starts to attack itself, hence sort of the seminal event of autoimmunity. So that's what we found for this patient. We saw some methylation gene variants like MTHFR. Other people can have MAO gene variants, which also impacts neurotransmitters and brain health. And people that have double gene variants, MAO, are more prone to histamine intolerance, which we see a lot with this population as well. Uh, so those are some things that she was going through, but I'm not hitting all the points. So you want to fill in the blanks there, Megan? Yeah, no, you you hit the HLE DR gene really well. You know, you breathe this mold in and your body doesn't identify it as a threat and then you don't breathe it back out. It builds up over time until it is overwhelming your body and its immune response. And one person can have it and one person might not have this gene. I think it's 25% of people are believed to have it, but now we're actually thinking it could be upwards of 40 to 60%. Just as a side note, not to make my husband a case study, but we both lived in a home and he got very sick. And my husband does not go to doctors. He does not even take Advil. And he was so sick. We took him to quite a few doctor's visits. I was fine. We found black mold in the house. So needless to say, he is an HLA DR gene as well. Yeah. So and many people don't know. And, and then they get hit this tipping point in their health where they are having expressing symptoms and it can look different for different people. Uh, there's so many different variables when it comes to genetics. And I think it's important to make this point is that it's not as simple that because you have these gene variants, you're predestined to have these problems. There's many people that have gene variants to things that they will never express in their life. That's why genetics is just a piece of the puzzle. So it's estimated, depending on the study and the person that you talk to, but it's about a third of the piece of the puzzle for most people. So that means it's a factor, but not the majority of the factor. So two thirds is epigenetics. It's a thing that they're exposed to. It's stress, it's underlying gut problems, it's foods, it's toxins, et cetera, that can create these problems. But that genetic epigenetic perfect storm collision is really what we're exploring with with patients. Uh, another gene variant that comes to mind with this patient is a double COMT gene variant that's associated with prefrontal cortex of the brain it impacts neurotransmitters, estrogen clearance. So a lot of times these people can have estrogen dominance and they're detoxing that poorly. They are having OCD type tendencies, anxiety, depression, mood swings. So you could have a COMT gene variant and have none of those symptoms, but when you're exposed to these toxins that you're, it's overwhelming and can awaken that latent genetic SNP and it could be expressed in your life. So we always have to look at both genetics and epigenetics. Another point I want to make here is we should not see this as sort of like genetic astrology, whereas if you have this HLA gene variant, that's your sign and like that's what you're going to get because yeah. it's a lot more complex. We have to see if that gene's expressed because you could have three other genes that are helping that gene out. So we geneticists spend their entire career on the complexity of these things. So I don't want to be overly reductive and say this gene always equals that because it's just a predisposition to this. Yeah. yeah. And just, just one gene that I didn't want to forget this patient, we're just talking about her dirty genes, but again, genes are not everything, but she also had um, one of the haplotypes for HLA that are multi-susceptible to chronic disease and chronic fatigue. And that's the one thing where it is knowing that you're just more likely to have chronic fatigue. So not only does she have the gene that's, Hey, I'm going to breathe mold in and not breathe it back out and have an immune response, but it's also going to lead to chronic fatigue. So it's very complex. Yeah. Go, go ahead, yeah. I was just going to say, just kind of based off of what you're saying, some people, you know, may ask, you know, if this isn't mean, this is my sign, what would be the value or the importance of knowing this information? And this is a question that we do get sometimes by patients because there are times where we recommend this information. And I do think that when we're looking at labs and, we, and we're exploring for answers as to why someone is going through something and and what, why the journey has looked like. It's, it's a great tool of insight to have as not only here's an answer of why you're going through this, but here's, an, here's insight on how we know that we need to continue to support your health, your body, and, mm -hmm. and just have that kind of in the toolbox of things that can be helpful to understand. So I thought, you know, and you may have, you know, more insight on that, but yeah. it's a question that we get. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think it's just important to to look at all of these things. And I think for this patient, 
that I want to bring home before we go here is that that was one of the reasons why Epstein-Barr virus was staying reactivated. Yeah. It's important to remember that 95% or so, most U.S. adults have had exposure to Epstein-Barr virus or EBV, which is what causes mono. It doesn't mean you had mono, but it means it, this virus can cause mono in some people. But most people have had exposure to it. Most people you're going to see antibodies to it. So seeing antibodies to EBV, we see that all day long on labs, 11 hours a day. And all of us do. So that does not indicate a reactivation or active infection. You have to look at the full panel to get context to this. But this person did have early antigens and had a reactivated panel according to the conventional labs like Quest or LabCorp, et cetera. So in part, that stayed reactivated because of the mold toxins and because of this gene variant. So you could, many people that are listening to this podcast will go and chase these things. Like, that's my thing. Like, I have candida overgrowth. I have SIBO. I have Epstein-Barr virus. Well, why is this persistently reactivated despite all the protocols that you've done? So I just want to really give you hope to say, there, these things don't happen in a vacuum. Let's look upstream what's causing this to be perpetuated in the first place, whether that be supporting the gene variant or dealing with that primary infection like mold toxins for some people and for other people, it's some other toxin. These are biotoxins. So bacteria, viruses, molds, all release biotoxins. And at, one other word is that some researchers even look at is it the mold or is it the bacteria within the mold, like actinomyces? Like there are, I don't want to hang my hat on one thing. I think it's a combination of things that are stressing out the immune system and it's a perfect storm. So it's, I call it like a biotoxin complex because bacteria, mold, viruses all kind of come in packs when it comes to these people. Yeah. Yeah. And this patient now, I would say 90% better. Again, we know it's a health journey, but she is so much better. And I don't ever want this patient or anybody with this HLA gene variant to identify just with that. They need to know that, no, this is a cool tool now. Like, again, I want to know what I can do in this moment. Well, we can identify and make sure you're not re-exposed to mold. But if you are, great. We know how to detox it and support your healing. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's power in knowing that, in my opinion. Absolutely. It's empowerment. This isn't about making that your identity because yeah. it's not your identity. Uh, we are more complex than a number on a lab or a gene variant. <laughs> you are so more complex than that. And that's, these are just tools for you to, to reclaim your vibrant wellness. So thanks friends. This has been an amazing episode. Any parting words before we go? This was great. <laughs> all right everybody thanks so much if you want to learn more about the clinical work that we're talking about here the books all the things we talked about check it all out at drwillcole.com we'll see you next time Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back again next Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon.